the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. And welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? We can talk about what we're seeing on the markets. We could talk about Greece and how the market's been pulling back recently. I don't want you to be shy. I think this is your show. A couple days ago, we got three wonderful, beautiful women all calling into the show. Ah. So we got three beautiful, wonderful women all calling the show. And uh, you can always call the show. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You listen to AM 1220 KDOW. Um, Let's talk a little bit money. Let's talk a little uh, Rob Black show, so shall we say. A couple things that you can do to get ahead is to educate yourself. I think there's a couple of things that you want to do as a human being. I think you want to talk about your emotions when they're happening. But I think you also want to educate yourself because education, educating yourself sharpens your emotions. Banks are healing, so says Ben Bernanke this morning. That's a pretty big headline. When you hear that, you're like, what's that mean? It's a pretty big headline. Banks are healing themselves. We had more consumer credit that we learned about last week being pushed out to you, the consumer and small business. And we'll spend that money and we'll build businesses. Gold hits 2012 low as gold miners show signs of a reversal. We have an up market across the board. Dow's up 89 NASDAQ's up 7, S&P 500 up 9. Ding, 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 ding. I'm doing my own sound effects today. As uh, Russ, the wonder producer, is uh, a little flustered with the board today. Jobless claims fall, trade gap widens. The number of Americans submitting new applications for jobless benefits edged down last week, easing some concerns that the labor market was deteriorating after April's weak employment growth. So... The claims data indicated the economy remains in a moderate growth path, which is fine. It's very Goldilocksian. Not too hot, not too cold. It's on the colder side, but it's not cold. 
New claims for state unemployment benefits slipped last week, 367,000. Pretty good number, like I said. Anything under 400,000, it's it's good. Uh, some other issues to think about this morning. Cisco's in the news. Not Cisco who did the song, thong song. Not Cisco, the food company, but Cisco Systems. They provided disappointing guidance for its first fiscal quarter. Their earnings were good, but next, not so good. Next quarter. Wall Street is a business of what have you done for me lately? Kohl's provided second quarter earnings guidance between 96 and a dollar. So down from year earlier earnings, they only pulled in $154 million versus year earlier earnings of about $201 million. So they're a little bit lower this morning. Price lines in the news. Online travel reservation company. They reported mixed quarterly results. Priceline's one of those companies that when you look at it, it looks a lot like Apple's chart. You know, kind of like skyscraper-esque. Second quarter earnings ending in June. Priceline forecast non-gap. Earnings of 720 to 740. Analysts have seen 737, so they're on the lower end. So they're down 4% this morning. Priceline, hotel negotiator, Shatner. You know the company, right? Things to think about. Monster Beverage in the news this morning. The energy drink maker. They reported strong first quarter results. I would have to imagine a company like Monster is a beneficiary of the soda you know, uh, revolution where we're just, we're tired of soda as a nation. So I would have to imagine, I could be wrong. Oh, that was a good sneeze. Stayed in a, a cat hotel last night, I think. I think there's a 600 pound cat living under the, the floorboards. It's a big one. Dropping home for sale. Dropping homes for sale. Strengthening prices. That's nice to hear. Eh? The nation has fewer homes for sale, and that's helping prices in markets where low supplies are meeting strong demand. I live on the peninsula. I am a peninsula snob. I'm the first one to admit it. Haven't eaten at a McDonald's Burger King in many, 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 many years. Okay, it's been about a couple weeks. Okay, it was earlier this morning. The nation has fewer homes for sale. Supply and demand. U.S. has 2.37 million existing homes for sale at the end of March. That's down 22% from a year ago. The peak was in mid-2007. combination of improving sales coming off the worst years ever for home sales and declining inventories is helping prices. We saw that median existing single-family home prices rose in 74 out of 146 markets in the first quarter. That's over 50%. Hold on. Is it? Yeah, okay. It's just over 50%, 51%, 52%. Buyers are coming out. People are tired of renting. People are tired of living with mom and dad. Ooh, there's a good hockey game on. I'm going to have a difficult time focusing. It's live from, like, Slovakia or Somewhere in Europe. I kind of assume everywhere in Europe is Slovakia or France. But uh, USA, USA. I can't tell who we're playing, but it's the world's. So, Belarus? Belarus. Belarus. It's We're tied 2-2 with Belarus? Okay, anyway, I digress. Housing inventory is at a more normal level, and that's good. 
In Phoenix, the supply of homes for sale in March was down 40, 64% from a year earlier level. Home inventories in Phoenix peaked in late 2010. Now prices for homes under 500000 are rising. Is now a good time to buy a home? I think it is, if you're going to be in it for five years. Other news that you could use. Spain is nationalizing number four bank as the crisis deepens. Dun, 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 dun. Spain's government is going to effectively nationalize the nation's fourth largest bank to shore up the hurting banking sector. They do not need a bailout like Greece, Ireland, and Portugal. Under the deal, it's about $5.9 billion in funding. Bankia SA is receiving from Spain in 2010-2011. It's going to be converted into shares of the institution's parent company. So we got a little, little negative there, that's for sure. The IPO market has roared back to life. Never a good thing. 80% of all IPOs underperformed the S&P 500 in their first year. Initial public offering allows for a company that was private to sell some of their shares to you in the public, and then you get to become an owner. They were private. They owned all the shares. Now they're sharing the shares in an initial public offering. The IPO market has uh, hosted 63 deals this year. That's the best pipeline since 2000. It's regaining some of its swagger. There's a company called InfoBlocks, which helps companies find patterns in corporate data. They jumped 33%. Ticker symbol is B-L-O-X, B-L-O-X. I look at the IPO market as a way for the private sector to get back what they put into a private company. But also I look at it as an opportunity for the public to become owners. And more importantly, to me, it's a lot of times the research and development arm of companies like Oracle to get some of these young, hot companies after they come public. If they could continue to show growth. AM 1220, KDOW, you're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll come back learn some financial planning education on AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and Your Money, I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We'll do some basic financial planning. Keep in mind all this type of information. It's good information, but you have to apply it to yourself. So don't get too caught up in the information. It's out of context. Taking a look today, it's one of those days. 30-year mortgage rates hit another record low. I am so happy to have done refinances that it, it thrills me. It thrills me, it, the incredible lows. If I'm going to be in business, if I'm going to keep you know, cash flowing, if I'm going to stay around and live on this planet, 30-year mortgage is wonderful. Oil's a little higher today. Gold's a little higher today. Ten-year Treasury ticks a little bit lower today, which basically means it's a little higher today in the yield. We've got the Dow up 80, the NASDAQ up 1, the S&P 500 up 8. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk an odd topic here. Uh, there's different types of investors, we know that, but let's go with a different total type, people who are single. 
Most of us don't start saving money till we're married, and we say, I've got to take care of my wife. Most of us don't start saving money till we have kids. We want to leave a bit of a legacy with our savings. But when you're single, you're more of a spender. You're going to concerts, you're going out, you're whining and dining, you're wooing. What's your thoughts on investing and in, in, in saving as a single person? Hmm. Well, my, my thoughts, <laughs> if you're going to invest and in, in save while you're single, is is you find somebody that you might want to marry, start early on on talking about prenuptial agreements. Okay. Um, I met a guy that uh, was involved in a one of the founding members of a startup. Okay. And it was well on its way, got married, didn't do anything on the prenuptial agreement, lost half of what the eventual result was. And and the marriage only lasted for a couple of years, and it was kind of one of those deals where you couldn't believe what the person did, the, you know, the spouse did in this case, and still lost a lot of what he worked, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day on for five to six years of this startup. So prenuptial agreements very, very important. How about a postnup? Postnuptials, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where if you popular. don't have anything when you get married, the postnuptial is a little bit more involved in you know what am I going to pay after I pass. But boy, that's a tough thing to approach though when you're you know first getting married, you don't have kids yet. Whether think, or not yeah. it's going to hold up in court, whether or not both sides really had an attorney, yeah. it's tough. I personally don't think it's that tough. I think I just think you need to dehumanize it. Like for instance, I got that frying pan from my mother. Um, I want that in a prenup, and that's a good starting conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, a prenup, maybe things don't end as well as we want them to, or, you know, it, it, it's it's there for a worst-case scenario. It's not there for a best-case scenario. Um, now, with that said, being single, you know, you have a lot more costs, uh, but everyone should max out their 401K when you're single or when you're married. There's some things. You don't need life insurance when you're single. You know, if you die, no one cares. Right. So don't have life insurance. Um, you know, life insurance is there to replace your income for your loved one that you just left. Um, you know, at one point in time, if I died, my cat would have got my money. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of sense of humor that I want to have out there. It's funny. Um, some other areas, you know, when you're single is, is do be careful because dating is expensive and, you know, trying to find the right partner is important. When you do find that person, um, talk to them about money. A lot of couples don't ever talk about money. And then when it does happen, it, it's a stressful environment and it doesn't need to be. And do credit checks. I mean, how many times have we run into people? I have a real close friend that a marriage ended because she found out about $60,000 worth of debt that was in place prior to marriage that was yeah. totally hidden, totally hidden until the person was basically had a breakdown and it all kind of came crashing down. And you marry into that scenario and uh, it could be a problem. And again, it's well, something yeah, you fight over. It's because the house was purchased together at the height yeah. and then now her credit is completely screwed as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough you know situation. I, you know what I like about credit checks is it could kind of tell you if your spouse is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, if, if the person you're getting ready to marry, you find out she's had like 19 late delinquent charges and you're like, whoa, you partied pretty hard because you have that many late. So you, you have to almost try. Yeah. Well, I've told you the story before about a couple that I could never get the financial plan done because they wouldn't give me the, couldn't get the expenses from them. Yeah. And it never finally made. It finally just didn't made sense. So I was sitting with the the one of the clients. The other the spouse was at work. Sure. And I said, "Have you ever done a credit check?" And we went to annualcreditreport.com, which is the one free. And I had to sit there with one of the spouses and uncover a hundred thousand dollars worth of credit card debt that was being hidden. Yeah. And it was like telling you that your spouse has cheated on you for the last ten years. It's that's, a shock. That's I mean, he. I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
you see a guy in tears because he finds out about that much debt and his retirement is then put off for about an extra two or three years because of as a CF, as a CFP, did you have to hold them and nurture them and cuddle them? Uh, we were we were looking up. I said, you, you know, you can't go home and talk to your spouse about this. You need counseling. There's obviously a, a okay. shopping problem here. Don't go home and explode about it. Go speak to a counselor. Approach it almost like an intervention with other family members because it is it was an intervention and it actually yeah. turned out successful. Um, luckily, they had a ton of equity in their home and they were able to pay it off and still retire okay. But it was relatively small compared to the overall portfolio, but it was still there and it was still hidden. And so this segment's oh, turned into tough. instead of investing for singles, it's turned into credit check spouses and because they're probably li- they're sure. probably lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> is what we've learned. My dad died with four hundred uh, with uh, sixty thousand dollars of credit card debt. Sixty thousand dollars of credit card debt that no one knew about because my dad was kind of a short guy. He was five eight, and uh, he'd go to like Home Depot and. There's a store on the East Coast called Heckenders, which was Home Depot before Home Depot. And he'd buy power tools because, you know, that gave him kind of like the manly thrill that he couldn't get from being six foot tall. Um, <laughs> with that said, I inherited a bitchin' set of tools, but my mom inherited a lot of credit card debt that she didn't know was there. So that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, we're in, that, that generation, too, is very private about money. You yeah. know, we're in a generation where 50% of marriages fail. People live till they're 100 years old. So most of the time... Unfortunately, people aren't with the same spouses, so um, be very careful because people that trade houses, spouses, and cars more often than others are the ones that don't retire well. Interesting to note. With that said, I don't want to live to 100 unless I'm like Highlander, and I could live forever (laughs) with a Scottish friend. Um, Scottish ninjas. (laughs) Odd concept, right? Yes, very odd. Whoever pitched that movie, they had some cojones. With that said, that certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So some other big news in the world today. Sony, they said, expect to return to profitability this year. It's consumer electronics and components business recover. They feel comfortable. They've posted losses for four straight years. Sony once was the Apple of the 1990s in product and in dominance and reach. Micron Technology said they're in talks to acquire a bankrupt Japanese chip maker called Epida, confirming what's been speculated for weeks. SunTrust Banks is in talks to sell its asset management unit called Ridgeworth Investments. SunTrust had unsuccessfully tried to sell the unit two years ago. Monster Beverage in the news today. They earned 41 cents a share, three cents above expectations. Revenue also boosted forecast. Beverage maker also reported a one percentage point increase in profit margins over a year earlier, driven by higher demand for its energy drinks. Uh, I do think there is a trend away from soda and towards caffeine still there, whether it's coffee, tea, or me. I know that's one of the worst lines ever. AM 1220, KDOW. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Cisco Systems is down today. Not looking good. It's down about 12, 13% in the last five days. Particularly uh, unattractive. With that said, Cisco is more of a play on a dividend right now than it is on anything else. It's a giant that used to be able to grow at 20 to 40%. It can't do that anymore. They have the cash to buy but most of their young startup competition. There's reasons to like the company, but not because of growth. I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? A couple other things that we need to continue to pay attention to. In the world of business, uh, banks are healing. It's something that Ben Bernanke said earlier and it's something that it rings. The banking sector is healing and has become more resilient, but does not yet have a clean bill of health. According to Ben Bernanke, conditions in the banking system and the financial sector more broadly have improved significantly in the past few years. Nonetheless, banks still have more to do to restore their health and adapt to post-crisis regulatory and economic environment. One of the things that I'll never do, uh, I'm taking a look at some of the Fed governors right now. Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart and Chicago Fed President Charles Evans. Charles Evans is one of those guys that clearly colors his hair. What's wrong with people? You know when you color your hair? You get that stuff all over your pillow every night? Like, that's disgusting. I wouldn't want to clean up after that. Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook profile is an open book. He's listed more than 100 interests. He subscribes to a lot of people's, including writers, musicians, and actors. Some of his interests, not surprising, like Star Wars, Steve Jobs, and Ender's Game. Others were total shocks. For instance, the dude likes Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think there's a very good chance Taylor Swift's going to contact him and, how shall we say, make a date. He also likes Lady Gaga and Green Day. Uh, he seems to be a fan of Glee. Okay, that's probably his first biggest strike in my book. He's a big fan of Diana Agron and Leah Michelle. He's Facebook friends with those Glee stars. He's got a tech meme obsession. It's the only publication he likes besides the New York Times. Um, he is in love, not in love, but he follows Liz Gans as a young reporter for all things digital. I'd be super complimented if someone can get Zucks to like I Hate Rob Black. I know you're saying your, your brown nose is pretty big. I know because I know some people at Facebook right now are thinking, how can we get Zucks to do this? Zuckerberg enjoys a long shower. He thumbed up the page. I stay long in the shower because the water is so warm. That's an odd one. Ah, uh, he fenced. I fenced. I was undefeated in my little fencing career. Oh, by the way, United States scored a goal. We're up three to two against Belarus. Second intermission, going into the third. One of his interests is eliminating desire. He's got a little Dalai Lama thing going on. I kind of wish the Dalai Lama would give me eternal peace. That would be a nice little gift. For all that I've done for you, getting you to retirement, all I want is eternal peace. I'd be pretty comfortable with that. Stocks are on the rise today on the whole jobs data. That's nice to see. Jobless claims show slight improvement. Oil rig workers make nearly $100,000 a year. Would you do that job? Would you do that job? There's so many jobs I would. I just, I'd, I'd rather eat a, eat a shotgun. 
then uh, work in a toll booth. Or if I worked in a toll booth, I'd be like the creepy toll booth guy. Like every time people give me money, I'd go. Forty nine percent of Americas are saving zilch for retirement. We live in a world of haves and have nots. We live in a world of some people are just doing everything they can to uh, live paycheck to paycheck. I know there's some people who are 30, 31, 32, 33 who they're going to save later. And they're already 25% behind or roughly $500,000 behind. Not because you have to have $500,000 now, but because the money you could have saved now would have grown into $500,000. 49% of Americans say they aren't contributing any money to retirement plans. 49% of people are going to be living with you know cats and eating their cat food. And again, can't not cat food. I always wondered, like, have you ever seen the bottles of cat food? And it's, it's like, delicious. How do they know? Do they have, like, cat tasters that, like, like super meow and stuff? 49% of Americans are saving zero. Zero. People between the ages of 18 and 34, the least likely to be saving, 56% of them are reporting that they have nothing in a retirement plan. In order to have the adequate savings necessary to meet their financial needs in retirement, which could last 20 or more years, it's critical that these individuals begin saving systemically or systematically, whichever, uh, early. I know people that are only saving 3%, not enough. you got to get up to 15%. Nearly half of all consumers said they're not planning to contribute to an IRA because they can't afford to. And only a quarter of Americans have worked with a financial professional to plan some sort of retirement. 47% of Americans not saving anything. 56% of people 18 to 34 are saving nothing. And the excuse is, I don't, I don't make enough money. And yet, we've got cable TV. We've got cell phones. That's, that stuff ain't free. Those are probably the two biggest things you waste money on. Alcohol has to be number three for people 18 to 34. Restaurants. I know people that eat out every single night. On occasion, they'll eat in, but it's typically like Doritos. Oh, to be 18 again and to eat that kind of crap. So 49% of Americans say nothing. How does that make you feel? Do you have any business emotion? Do you have any reaction to that? You certainly understand now why there's going to be the haves and the have-nots, and you kind of figure out where you're going to be. So after 9-11, Muslims' earnings suffered and went lower. There absolutely is racism in this world. After September 11 attacks, the earnings of low-skilled Muslims in Germany fell 6% relative to the pay of similarly employed non-Muslims. Prior research had shown that 9 to 11% decline in relative earnings for Arab men in the United States. That's unfortunate. Uh, one thing I'm not, uh, my father was in the military and when you're in the military, you have no sense of race whatsoever. Like you just don't do it. There is no racism in, in large part because there's Muslims that are protecting dad. There's whites, blacks, Asians in the military. They put up with none of that silliness. U S 30 year mortgage rates hit record low today, man. It is making me think now is a good time to buy. It's a teeter totter. 
You're starting to see inventories come down and rates go lower. Woo! Woo! So the 30-year mortgage now sits at 3.83%. I just got one at 3.85, and i got to say I'm pretty happy. Last year was 4.63. Hmm. What else do we have? What else do we have? Jobless claims falling this morning, trade gap widening. Other issues of note, the China trade surplus came in at $18.4 billion. That's topping expectations, but imports and exports were weak. Claims data coming out mixed this morning. Bank of England holds benchmark interest rate and asset purchase program steady at a respective one-half of 1%. We will be in a far better world when that 10-year borrowing cost is around 3 to 5%. We are not in a good world right now. Worldwide, we've kept rates low so that we can kick the can down the road. Worldwide, there's anger in, in Europe. They're doing something about it. People don't want austerity. They don't want to cut government programs. They don't want to cut pensions. They don't want to cut what they're guaranteed. So people want governments to spin their way out. Now, if you're a lender... You're crazy. I'm not going to lend you money when you're already bankrupt. Like, Greece got to a problem where it just became too bloated with promises. So it cracked. Greece ain't going to make it. Greece is not going to make it. Greece is going to leave the European Union is everyone's best guess. And I'm good with it. So saving enough money, back to that, 47% of Americans aren't saving enough. A lot of Americans have exposure to the investment world solely through 401ks. And that's great. You know, treasury bonds yield a meager 3% a year. So I want you in growth funds and value funds. Those are two types of equity, equity stock market type of funds, type of styles, growth and value. I want you in what's referred to as large cap, mid cap, and small. So I want you in six a large cap growth, large cap value, a mid cap growth, mid cap value, a small cap growth, small cap value. That's what I want. Doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Nobody puts baby in a bad place. Um, but that's I do want you to, as best as you can, try to get there. Disney talked a little bit about Apple. Apple is going into TV. We know this. Disney reported a strong quarter. Disney reported $9.63 billion in revenue. $1.1 million in earnings. Bulk of the revenue and profits came from media network businesses. That's why Apple's going in that direction. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What you thinking about? I'm always curious what you're thinking about. Is there anything that makes sense to you as an investor that you need some explanation on? Do you want to talk about it? Do you have questions? 
There's a lot of myths out there. When you pass away, your estate owes your credit card debt. Depends. In my mother's case, absolutely she inherited my father's credit card debt. You can't just die and you can't just run up a, a bill before you die and expect other people to pay it. So and it's not what my dad did, but I think you get the idea. So Greece is in the news today. Jobless claims in the news. First hour I always tried to dedicate really to the hardcore data of the day. Second hour I kinda open up a little bit. But first hour I could also talk about AMC networks. Cable TV company spun out of Cablevision in June, rose the most in nine months after better ratings helped first quarter profit top expectations. Income from continuing operations was 60 cents a share. Stock was raised to a buy recognition from a neutral by an analyst at Miller Tabak. You know what helped them? Zombies. America loves zombies. America loves 300 pound cats that live under the floorboards, but we also love zombies. The Walking Dead ended its second season with over 9 million viewers, up 50% from a year earlier. Mad Men is having its best-rated season ever. I kind of gave up on Mad Men after Zooby Zooby Zoo. That, that was like... I, I guess I got busy. I'm reading a scintillating book on brand right now. I just don't have time. But AMC is a publicly traded company, typical symbol AMCX. People do wonder because we expect next year maybe to be the last year. Four Mad Men. It's not going to go on forever. Um, I like shares of companies like Disney. It hit an all-time high yesterday. I don't think there's any shame in owning Disney. Because you may be an up-and-coming executive at a credit card company. You may be recently out of a relationship. You may be You know, uh, a family who's trying to get by on sixty dollars to $100,000 of income in the Bay Area. That's not enough. I throw that out there. In large part because uh, I do want you to own companies like Disney so you can be those people. Firemen need to be firemen. They need to get in good shape. The last thing a fireman needs to do is worry about, oh, good God. I wonder how my stock's doing today. Now, again, for a fireman, they got a lot of time on their hands, right? In between fires and in between the 75% of other services they do. Firefighters fight very few fires, all things considered. I know you're saying, man, you don't have any content in this segment, do you? It feels that way, right? The Dow's up 35, the Nasdaq's down 3, SP 500 up 4. Uh, interesting venture. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called Blue Seed. There's a pirate ship of Silicon Valley. It's going to live 12 miles offshore. It's going to debut maybe in 2014. The venture is actually very attractive as a potential awesome startup and or technology-oriented space. So basically to build a city 12 miles out. And that will allow the companies to get around the tricky visa rules. It's concept right now, but... I love the idea, and I think we'll see more floating cities in our lifetime. Now, here's what I know about floating cities. Nothing. But here's what I like about them. Great concept. About 11% of people send text messages while making whoopee. Isn't that crazy? 
That, that's insanity. Like, who's doing that? If you've ever done that, send me an email and explain. Explain yourself. Rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Oh, good golly. Um, home refinancings. They're facing big delays right now. So I'm telling you, mortgage rates are at 30-year lows. Start the process. It's taking 60 to 90 days to finish it. Clogged mortgage pipelines have created headaches for hundreds of thousands of Americans trying to take advantage of low rates, which have averaged 4% for the week ending April 27th. Now they sit at 3.84%. That gives me more cash. It frees up my cash. It allows me to retire more debt. Considering how far mortgage rates have dropped, the refinancing burst has been lackluster by historical standards. Amid reduced competition, some large lenders have boosted their rates in a bid to hold down volumes while bolstering profits. That limits savings for many applicants. Um, Other stories of note. There once was a 27-foot-long crocodile that lived next to human ancestors. Could you imagine a 27-foot-long crocodile? News Corp shares up 5% on quarterly results and buyback plans. Facebook's going to be coming public very, very soon. They're doing their roadshow now. They're going to be a publicly traded company by the end of the month. Is it worth owning? It's really tough to say now because we don't know what the price is going to be. If the price is under 40, I'm buying some. If the price is over 100, I'm going to wait. It's that's kind of how you have to look at this kind of thing. And dear God, consult a broker advisor for day-to-day action and any stock expansion. So one week ago, we learned that CEO of Yahoo lied on his resume that said he had an engineering degree. He still hasn't explained himself. George Clooney's having a party dinner at his house tonight, raising money for Obama. Do you know how much he's going to raise? 15 million buckaroos. That's a lot of clams. I like clams. Okay, that's about all I got for you today. Love you. That's it for our Uno One. Majority of Americans play video games now. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Find me at YouTube Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, and Facebook group page I Hate Rob Black. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Howard Stern this morning planted a kiss on Matt Lauer. Why? Publicity and brand. A few years ago, he would have showed up with some people who like to dance on poles. 
Now he plans to kiss on Lauer because that's gets publicity, gets people talking. Matt Lauer doesn't mind because it gets people seeing him. He gets paid in large part to be seen. Branding, product. One of the things I'm going through right now is branding and product to myself. And like I'll never be able to get on the NBC show because they got Gene Chatsky, who's kind of a personal finance expert. NBC wants to publish books through NBC of hers. They don't want anyone else selling books or being famous. It's a very, very difficult world to navigate. You have to know who the players are if you're ever going to get good with it. Something I'm coming up to speed with, so to speak. Let's talk a little bit about some of these market numbers that we're seeing out there today. It's stock market. It's uh, some good days, some bad days. People wanting to become richer. How do you do it? I think the best way to get wealthy is to accumulate assets over time. On the down days, those are the when you're getting the best deals. On the up days, that's when you're chasing performance. I like down days. I don't mind Europe becoming a problem. I don't mind the United States hitting recessions. It's going to happen in my lifetime. It's going to happen in your lifetime. It's normal. It comes with the territory. So first quarter of 2012 was a blockbuster, gangbuster quarter. Every couple weeks, we were higher. And every time my 401k would invest in stocks, bonds, I felt like, damn, I'm not liking this very much. There's a big trend right now that's uh, starting to change ever so slightly. Return on investments. Consumers have had their fill of expensive contract-based phone plans. I never thought the day would come. Of course I thought the day would come. T-Mobile, they reported numbers recently that indicate the U.S. wireless industry lost subscribers from contract-based plans for the first time in the first quarter. Contract-based plans are the most lucrative ones for phone companies. The industry default over the past several decades. They account for a vast majority of the revenue. Seven largest phone companies representing more than 95% of the market lost a combined 52,000 subscribers on contract-based plans. It's 220 million devices on such plans. Since nearly every single adult and many children and teenagers have phones, there's very little room for growth. It's a very saturated, mature market. Subscribers are flowing cheaper, no-contract plans, which show an increase of at least $2 million. Now, the industry is also adding millions of non-phone devices, like smart energy meters, machine-to-machine connections. They carry very low monthly fees. AT&T subscribers can, on contract-based plans, pay an average of about $64 a month, while AT&T customers pay an average of about $11.52 per month on all other services. My producer here, uh, number seven, he doesn't have a flashy phone. And you know what? I may be done with a flashy phone. I don't think it defines me. I don't think it's, a, it's healthy. I know I look at it way too much while driving, and that's eventually going to get me killed. So I think there's a trend to go away from it. I know people who are giving up cable TV pretty regularly. They're going with Apple TV and they feel more than comfortable with it. They're going with Roku boxes, very similar to Apple TV. A little bit more open environment versus 
Apple environment. So investment trends. Do I think in any way, shape, or form that we should uh, change the way we invest? Should we give up on AT&T now because of this? No. But you have to be aware this is a potential negative and we have to keep an eyeball on, on their their revenues and their cash flow and their contracts. You with me or are you against me? You got to pick a side. You got to move your assets towards areas where returns are high and pay off debts where costs are high. One of the things I hate about Suze Orman, and there's many things I hate about Suze Orman, is when you ask Suze Orman about what you should do with credit cards, she typically says, pay off one, anyone, is translated to Suze Orman speak. Whereas I think you always pay off the higher cost card. USA, USA. I love Americans. We are such uh, belligerent bulkheads. So, yeah, but, you know, any credit card that 2 to 4%, psh, that's okay. Like, I've got money in an emergency fund that's yielding less than 2%. i got money in a saving account that's l- l- yielding less than 2%. I own some personal goods that are worth something that depreciate. I own a car that depreciates. I own a house that inf- has problems with inflation. Every year inflation goes up, you know, 2 to 4%. So anything that I've paid off in my house depreciates 2 to 4% or deflates in value. A home isn't necessarily what you think it is. Yes, when the years are good, it's very, very good. But over time, you're competing with inflation. The rate of return that you're getting on your house versus where that money can be used elsewhere isn't that good. My pension, my 401ks and tax-deferred vehicles... My IRA stock account hopefully gets me somewhere between 10 and 15%. It's tax deferred. You know, my charge card at 18% is the first thing I pay off. My auto loan at 10%, second thing I pay off. My mortgage at 3.8% is the last thing I pay off. Basic financial maxims, basic financial truths. You know, again, some of the things I believe in is you can't spend yourself rich. You spend a lot of time and effort to make a buck pre-tax. The money you don't spend is worth more than the money you earn. It's after tax. I think the first year that a couple is married and the first year that a couple is dating, there should be no TV. If you have TV, you're in the wrong relationship. You are not with the love of your life. Anything that's collectible is faddish. They come and go. When everyone knows it's a collectible, it's, it's not even a game. When everyone's picking up Pokemon cards... Pokemon! You know what Pokemon stands for? I'm embarrassed that I know this. Pocket Monster. How did I know that? You need to fund your IRA and your 401k every year. Early if you can do it. Invest in equity or total return mutual funds. Equity returns compounded over long periods of time can be truly amazing. Therefore, even though you're 30 and you've saved nothing, you've probably lost $500,000 in retirement. Because had you funded ten to forty thousand dollars, that forty would have become eighty, that eighty would have become one sixty, that one sixty would have become three twenty, that three twenty would have become six hundred plus by the time you retire. But now you miss that last ten year period where you jump from three hundred to six hundred. You blow it. Convenience is usually more expensive. When you go into a convenience store like seven eleven, it's more expensive. 
But you know what's even more expensive? is ignorance. Of the Ten Commandments, only the Ten Commandments, in, in my opinion, were written in stone. All other laws are at the whim of politicians who will change them regularly in response to current pressures. We don't know what the tax code is going to be when we retire. We don't. People who think prices of inflation, people who think inflation is prices going up, it's not. It's the value of money going down. And it's the biggest boogeyman on the planet. Social Security is going to cover less and less of you. Keep in mind, 47% of Americans aren't saving any money for retirement. And Social Security is going to give you less and less and less going forward. Especially in percentages of inflation. It's going to get ugly in about 20 years. Hopefully you're ready. AM 1220. EDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know it's not cool to clear your throat on air. <clears throat> now I sound like Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if you know this, but it's been proven that he is one living huge hemorrhoid. He's just hemorrhoidal tissue. <laughs> You're saying, where did that come from? Had to come from my childhood. I'm not quite sure where. Oh, good golly. Got an email from someone named Blue, which makes me think, who names their kid Blue? Seriously. Like, those are some hippie parents. Blue says, I've been keeping a majority of my bond allocation in Vanguard's total bond index. Its return has been going down and down and down. Currently, its SEC yield is about uh, 2.04%. Barely keeping up with inflation. Lousy when you consider it also is fully taxable. I don't like bond funds. She goes on to ask, or he, or the color blue goes on to ask what I think about the Vanguard Intermediate. The only bond funds I would be in, well, I'm not going to say the only, is if you're looking for dates, I would look for short-term. I think when rates go up, intermediate and long-term funds are going to get crushed. I don't like bond funds for the individual. I like bond funds for people who are getting... Professional management, I don't like bond funds for other people. If you're trying to do it on your own, I'd rather you own an individual bond. I know it sounds crazy, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Bond funds could get underperformance based on rising inflation. Are you with me? Bond funds could underperform on inflation, absolutely. But also when the Federal Reserve starts to raise interest rates, bond funds will get murdered because people will say a 1% yield, not enough. I need 2%. 2% not enough. Now that 10-year treasury is at 3%, I want that. So people will sell. And a bond fund manager, bond fund, a fund manager, is going to have to sell. And that's not cool. You don't want to ever have to do anything. You want to do it on your own something everyone should do just for what I refer to as you know poop and giggles like go check your social security social security is no longer going to send you a statement but you can check your social security statements if you go online and yeah you're going to have to punch in your social security number which is okay by me 
I've got a to-do list of to-do lists. And one of the things on my to-do list is to look at Social Security pretty much so every year. See where I stand up. But you can go to ssa.gov, ssa.gov. You create an account and start taking a look at your estimates of the retirement disability benefits. You get estimates of benefits for your family that they may get when you die. Information about qualifying and signing up for Medicare, things to consider for those age 55 and older. You don't need to check your your Social Security benefits today, but you need to start thinking about this, okay? Because it's a supplement to your 401k, your 403b, your 457. I highly recommend you do this. SSA.gov. Couple things that you need to know. There's good stocks and there's bad stocks. There's good stocks for good economies. There's good stocks for bad economies. We're, uh, we're a stock market that goes through different phases. Growth. Then we get a little stagnation. Then we see, we see a slowdown in growth. Call it a recession after two quarters of shrinking GDP. And then we start getting some growth again. Taking on greater risk doesn't give you greater return. And for those people who try to get better than 10 to 12% returns, you're, you're going to hurt yourself. I'm one of those fans of the turtle. I know you're saying, please, dear God, don't talk about something sexual. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the runner. Slow but steady. If you take a look at a basket of stocks with the least volatile stocks, since 1968, they've delivered 11.4% return compared with a 9.5% return for the S&P 500. So since 1968, the S&P 500 has averaged 9.5% rate of return. There's been some peaks where we outperform. There's some, been some values where we underperform. But since 1968, high-quality value stocks are up 11.4%, S&P 500 up 9.5%. The drawback to low volatility and low valuation is that it lags in bull markets. But again, if you're thinking we're heading into a negative market, you want to own companies like ExxonMobil and Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, and McDonald's. There's no denying that restaurants suffer when times are tight, but McDonald's is a value meal. You can get $20 of food, which would feed four people. It's not something I want. It's not something I like, but they've got 33,500 stores worldwide in 119 countries. Nobody does fast food better. They're a play on volume, volume, volume. McDonald's restaurants, on average, generate about $2.7 million per year in sales, trumping the industry average of just over a million dollars per location. So the average restaurant pulls in a million. They pull in $2.7 million. I'm a big fan of Procter & Gamble. They make Tide and Duracell and, Char- and Charmin. Prince Charmin. No, the toilet paper. Charmin. Worst job in the world is a battery, right? You work your whole life and then you die. That's got to stink to be a battery. Like, if there's a llama and I come back, I don't want to come back as a battery. I don't want to come back as a cow either. So it's responded with some belt tightening, Procter & Gamble. They're not immune to things in Europe and the United States. More concentrated laundry detergent. It cuts the cost of raw materials and packaging, as well as the transportation and warehouse expenses. It's a pretty smart company. A big focus on the emerging middle class and developing markets. By the way, you're probably over-detergenting your laundry. 
something that I do, I always clean all my clothes on the gentle cycle. A, they last longer. B, I use less energy. And it's not like I'm out there rolling around in mud, you know? Whoever's using the regular cycle, you're overwashing your clothes. Philip Morris International, one of my favorite stocks. My dad died of cancer. I won't touch them. I refer to them as cancer sticks. There's going to be 1.4 billion smokers globally by 2020. That's up from one point, up from 1.3 billion today. So smoking's not going away, even though that the percentage of the population it, it's thinning. Profits in Asia could double to 10 billion. Profits in Indonesia alone could quadruple. Not counting China and the United States, Marlboro's market share rose 9% last year. They're an awesome. If you didn't know that they sold cancer sticks, you would say it's probably the coolest business on the planet. Johnson & Johnson, they make Tylenol. And every now and then they get a recall and it's a buying opportunity. They make Motrin, Benadryl, and Tylenol. I like my baby Motrin. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? I'm not going to tell you. But, uh, you know, we, we in the rap community, we like freezing some baby Motrin into, like, um, lollipops. It's good stuff. Whoa, I just saw a pink elephant fly by. Johnson & Johnson suffered some legal setbacks. They got a medical device unit, a consumer segment unit. This band was in town recently. Awesome song. Exxon Mobile, good economy, bad economy. I'm good with it. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and much, much more. One of the greatest careers that I can highly recommend you get into is the CFP. Think about what career you want to get into and why. I know the world needs social workers and the world needs teachers, but they're gloriously underpaid. Now, teachers get a pretty good pension. Covers about 60% of their living needs, but they still need to supplement it. Pensions are going the whoa way. Uh, just throwing it out there for you. Pensions are going away. Let's talk about some of the other, you know, basic, basic financial things that you have to grasp, in my opinion. There's really no free lunch. And it kills me when I see people think that there's a financial guru or a financial coach out there, like a Kiyosaki, who can get you to wealth. The best thing that you can do is invest early because time is on your side. Time and a healthy savings rate is the number one way to get wealthy. Mark Twain once quipped that a cat that sits on a hot stove isn't likely to make a mistake a second time. He would say that cat would also probably steer clear of cold stoves, too, just to be on the safe side. 
I don't want you to get burned by stocks because you got into an aggressive one. There's a lot of great, good ones. An investor who experiences a sharp decline in your portfolio learns a painful lesson about financial risk. If you spend the rest of your life investing career trying to avoid risk, you lose. You know, case in point, the dramatic market events of the last few years, it caused a lot of investors to flee volatility. And yet, in the last three years, those domestic stocks that they left went up 100%. So you, you got out low, and then you missed the best three years to be in. So I don't want you to do that. If you're one of the investors who altered course in search of safety, you're not a good investor. Were you navigating by looking only in the rearview mirror of what had already happened? Yeah. So you need to radically overhaul the way you think. Less risk leads to more. What's that mean? An excessive fear of investment risk can compound one of the greatest dangers of all, the risk that you'll fall short of your financial goals. I do understand that taking risk with money is never easy. I do understand that you work hard for your money. It, it involves a very emotional commitment. One of the nice things about me is when it comes to money, I'm a robot. When it comes to everything else, I'm a big gooey mess of emotions. I do a therapist and uh, I must cry every week. Like I'm that kind of a mess. I openly weep. I get in the fetal position. I'm in touch with who I am. I believe strongly that expected return is linked to expected risk and investors who are looking for higher returns must endure greater risk, but not crazy risk. During a broad-based market downturn, you might be tempted to drop diversified index mutual funds in favor of like strongly performing sector funds, but you're chasing performance. Whether you're a large-cap, mid-cap, small-cap, large-cap growth or value, mid-cap growth or value, small-cap growth or value, international, maybe a REIT or an income fund, those are eight categories that in some years, large international does well, large growth does well, all growth does well, all value does well. But it's a horse race that works over time. If you think you can, vis- if you think you can avoid risk altogether, you're wrong. You're setting yourself up for cat food in retirement, which is fine by me, because there's going to be those that have, and there's going to be those that have not. 47% of Americans not saving anything for retirement. They're going to be have-nots. They're going to be bitching and moaning. They're going to be asking the president to save them. And they'll get what they deserve. A low-quality retirement. All investments are subject to risks. Investment in bonds are subject to interest rate, credit, inflation risk. There's three different types of risk there, right? Funds that concentrate on a very narrow sector are going to hit very high share price volatility because high-yield bonds are considered speculative. Investors should be prepared to assume more risk, even though there's a name bond behind it. An investment in money markets is not insured or guaranteed by the federal DIC, FDIC. That's risk, that it could collapse when it's not. Money in the bank will underperform, period. Right now, if you've got your money in Bank of America, you've lost 2 to 4% in the last year compared to inflation. Diversification does not ensure a profit or protect against the loss in a declining market, but it sure damn helps. You've got to give yourself time. It's the number one thing you have as an investor. Boston is tops for most educated young adults. Boston, great city to visit. Where you decide to camp, pitch your tent, so to speak, will decide if you're successful or not. 
for instance, in the Bay Area, there's some cities that have way too many engineers, uh, way too many electricians. Some of these, these electricians are sitting at home waiting for the economy to, to improve. They need to move to where the economy already has improved. You with me? Or are you against me? Pick a side. A bad product is always a bad deal. Don't buy a car or appliance with a poor service record. Don't buy a house with a cracked foundation. You're going to be spending money to maintain that hog for the rest of your life. Another good financial maxim is any loss that is not a disaster, it doesn't require insurance. Right now, if my car were to get hit by a train, I'm okay. It's replaceable. If my watch were to get stolen, it's okay. It's not a $4,000 watch. It's a $400 watch. So don't fret on things that you lose and don't insure stupid things. The only electronic that I insure would be a notebook or a tablet because they drop. Financial products are simply agreements written on paper. Keep that in mind. They're written in English, but they're written by lawyers and designed that you're not going to read them. Read them anyway. When you get a prospectus, read it. Read it twice. Read it out loud. Bring it to the bedroom. Read your wife or your spouse a financial prospectus. And what you're going to quickly learn is that's not a turn on. So there's other books that are. Emily Dickinson poems. Highly recommend a book of Emily Dickinson by your bed. That's good stuff. Have you ever read poetry to your wife in bed? Your girlfriend in bed? You'll change your life. And it's free of charge. All you need is the book. I know my producer is looking at me right now like, I read comic books to my wife. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what else do we got for you? Um, a couple other maxims that you just you got to live by. I mean, you got to have things that you believe in. One of the things I believe in is having a list of 20 things that you want in your life. I also have a list of 20 things that I am as an investor. I like lists. They kind of keep me focused. Not sure if they keep you focused, but they keep me focused. So one of the things I believe in is that I'm an investor. I write it down. I make sure that I continue to invest. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to lose the thing, as our friends from Aerosmith would say. I'm also a saver. So you got to have maxims that you live by. But you also have the, like, I live in California. I need to get out more. That's one of the things that I live by. It has nothing to do with uh, investing. I have a personal manifesto. I have a financial manifesto. You know, I don't chase hot markets. Uh, I don't chase hot chicks. <laughs> Very similar, right? The hotter the chick, the more maintenance required. The hotter the stock market or the hotter the sector, the more likely to fall. I know that stocks are risky in the short run, but I know that they work over the long run. I know that stocks are not too risky in the long run, and they've outperformed every other commodity traded asset over periods of 15 years or longer. Real estate beats inflation, and that's about it. Real estate can't go up unless we have wage inflation. It can't. Short term it can, but who's going to buy the house from you? It's a house of cards unless you believe that. I've got a million dollar home. 
that I need someone who makes $400,000. If that home goes up to $2 million, I need someone who makes 800000 to qualify for a loan. Foreign stocks are part of my portfolio. I'm not... In hockey, I'm USA, USA, USA. In investing, I'm all about Asia. I've trimmed my exposure to Europe. I'm going to wait on the sidelines and see how that plays out. I keep my cool. You know, my uh, my investment hand, steady like a rock. Now, my, my gun shooting hand, I'm kind of like an epileptic. I'm like all over the place. You, you don't want to be around me with a pistol in my hand. Um, I remind myself often and often of the things that I believe in. I believe in a 401k. I believe in a 403b. I invest regular amounts on a regular basis. So you have to have things that you believe in. Like, uh, um, I don't know. Like I said, why do I love you, you, sir? Because the wind does not require the grass to answer. Wherefore, when he passed, she cannot keep her place. I believe in Emily Dickinson love poems because he knows and do not you and we know not enough for us the wisdom it be so the sunrise sire completeth me because he sunrise and I see therefore then I love thee anyhow you gotta have things you believe in you gotta be able to write this stuff down Pablo Narada awful Shakespeare awful Emily Dickinson fantastic AM 1220 KDOW You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. What's on your financial mind? You tell me. Do you read the New York Times? Do you read the Wall Street Journal? The Financial Times out of London? Wall Street Journal's got some pretty good publications in Asia. You could also, uh, BBC, I think, does a real nice job with the news. Maybe it's not good financial news, but it's good news. Um, I do a spot every day at 9.15 on Channel 4 Cron. I do a spot every day at 5.45 on Channel 4 Cron. 9.15 is a phoner. You can always find me in various ways at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me pretty easily, I think. I believe in art as an investment when you're wealthy. I believe in commodities as an investment now. It used to be that you had to have a lot of money to buy commodities. Because when you were buying a contract in oil... You know, you had to basically set yourself up to get 100 barrels of oil delivered. But now you can buy commodity mutual funds, also known as hard-to-asset mutual funds. I think that's fine. The price of borrowing money is interest and worry. Keep all borrowing below the worry point and don't borrow to buy things that depreciate. 
buying a car with cash, I would prefer versus buying a car with, you know, 10%. If you can get 0% financing or 1% financing, it's a little bit better. I don't like new cars for the majority of people. If you're wealthy, a new car is fine. If you're not, a new car is a nightmare. One of the things I think we're going to see is more and more a ban on junk food, more and more a ban on sodas. I think we're going to see more taxes on them. I think it's easy to convince voters. It's going to be tough as hell to convince kids, but it's going to be easy to convince voters. Oh, boy, the things that you, uh, you have to look at. Cisco recently reported earnings, and it's a company that I don't think is an investment anymore in growth. It's more of a company that's an investment in value. It's weird because you think of tech as growth. And when economies are expanding, yeah, I think they will be growth. But when economies are shrinking, it's more of a value play. So there's some issues out there. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to look at them and, and get really, really comfortable. As an investor, you know, you got to try to cut down greed and you got to try to cut down fear. You do that and you become pretty successful. When you get greedy and you own a, you know, Netflix and it goes from 5 to 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 50, 60, 100, 200, 250, and you're still holding the stock, you got to take some off the table on occasion. You know, uh, I've recently taken some money off the table on some stocks that I'm not allowed to mention until it's been three days. I'm not allowed to tell you about a stock that I'm buying for three days. So uh, just know that you have to take some profits on occasion. You can't always uh, ride a pony forever and ever. It doesn't work like that. If you're looking for some alternative investment ideas, there's some great, great publications, including Barron's, B-A-R-R-O-N-S.com. I think uh, Wired Magazine is fun to read for a technology investment potential perspective. I think if you're looking at investing in current technology, I think you want to look at someone like a Walt Mossberg who writes for the Wall Street Journal, when he says the iPhone's better than the Windows phone, it's typically a pretty right investment decision. I'm not telling you to like trust a, an author, but I think you're starting to think the right way when you are able to get in that money mode. When you can start seeing everything as money, everything as product, you can end up doing pretty well in my opinion. Articles in things like the USA Today, they're okay. In the San Francisco Chronicle, it's okay. I don't think you're ever going to get wealthy off that, but you know, if you want to try to you know, follow the business section, rather you the business section than the sports section. I know we all love sports. There's no doubt about it, but sports ain't going to take care of you in retirement. There's a lot of turbulence in the market, and you're good with it. Oh, good golly. One thing you could do, like if you know you're always going to eat out, eat out, eat eat a big lunch so you don't have to have a big dinner. You know, bottled water for tap water. Or tap water for bottled water.
a big problem with people is that they delay and they put things off. They delay making a to-do list. They delay paying off debt. They delay saving. If that's you, be careful. Consider yourself an ordinary investor. Finance isn't your hobby. Be informed enough to, you know, set some goals for retirement. Be informed enough, you know, to not invest for thrills or chills. Get into a diverse array of low-cost U.S. and international stock indexes with less volatile bond indexes. When it comes to retirement investing, long-range focus is essential. Short-term turbulence tends to be a buying opportunity. From 1926 to 2011, stocks generated before inflation annual rate of returns of 9.8%. While before inflation bonds returned 5.6%. Historically, stocks roughly average about 10%. Bonds about 5 to 6%. Realists about 8, 4 to 5%. It pays to diversify. This is Rob Black and your money on AM 1220. KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Franklin Plumbing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.